Welcome to the How Coronavirus Saved My Life podcast. My name is Christine. I'm a mental health nurse practitioner who got coronavirus in April of 2020 and had long COVID symptoms for months. I couldn't figure out why I wasn't getting better until I healed myself through unwinding my childhood conditioning. This is my story on how coronavirus saved my life and how I healed myself along with others sharing their own personal stories and how they are navigating through their own healing. How Coronavirus Saved My Life, Episode 33, The Boundary. I was raised by broken people. I was raised by emotionally immature adults who were selfish, chaotic, manipulative, irresponsible, emotionally abusive, dismiss my feelings, had no awareness. They were constantly unhappy, angry, and treated me as if I owed them something, as if I, a child, was obligated to them, obligated to their emotional needs, obligated to navigate their adult emotions, obligated to spend time with them, obligated to respect them, obligated to feel how they felt about another person, situation, or event obligated to continue a relationship with them despite the constant pain and destruction they exposed me to in childhood. To say that boundaries were blurred in my household and in childhood is an understatement. I was never allowed to say no. I was not allowed to express my feelings or pain my parents caused. In fact, there was always a consequence if I attempted to speak up for my needs or point out the mess of my parents' destructive behavior. No one took any accountability for their toxic behaviors. I grew up in an environment where there was no emotional safety, no physical safety, and no sexual safety. Because I was never allowed to speak up for my needs, this created issues with me wanting to save and rescue others who didn't need saving. I would avoid confrontation, avoid expressing my needs in romantic relationships, put up with constant inconsistency in others, constantly bailing others out of the same situations they created in the first place. I would pretend people didn't hurt my feelings. I would remain loyal to people who did me a favor or was there for me. And definitely feeling uncomfortable if I perceive someone as struggling. I put others first because I was never shown my needs in childhood were important or a priority. I rarely put my needs first, which created chronic frustration, dissatisfaction in my adult life, unworthiness, never enough time, burning the candle at both ends and much more. My rescuing and saving behaviors would come in all forms, such as allowing people to live with me who were never going to change or improve their situation themselves, allowing my partner to take care of himself, such as playing video games while I took care of everything, the house, the homework, kids, all that stuff, buying stuff for people who never asked me, Letting others borrow large or small amounts of money only to never pay me back or even acknowledge my financial help later on, which is codependent behavior. It is not your job 
to keep people happy. You are not obligated to constantly make others, including your parents, happy. It is impossible to constantly keep others happy, impossible for others to like you all the time. And it is impossible for you to constantly have others, including your parents, to like or agree with your life decisions. It is impossible to stop people from being disappointed in you, make assumptions about you, or judge you. Constantly trying to navigate your parents' emotions, trying to navigate your partner's emotions, your friends' emotions, is a losing game to your well-being. Trying to keep the peace by not expressing how you feel, not pointing out the verbal abuse or pointing out another's inconsistency, being truthful, not telling others what your needs are or allowing others to disrespect your precious space is a continuum of your childhood. The childhood you were raised in by toxic, emotionally immature people who never took accountability. But how was an adult who was raised by broken, destructive people supposed to know how to speak up for their needs? Supposed to know it's okay to say how you feel. How was an adult who was raised by parents who did not create emotional or physical safety around speaking up for yourself know it's okay to express what you need? Know it's okay to set a boundary. Know and trust boundaries are important to your well-being. Know that boundaries are your rights. Know that boundaries are yours and no one else can argue with them. The purpose of today's episode is to explain what exactly a boundary is, explain the types of boundaries. I'll give my own examples of my boundaries and self-betrayals and explain why it's important for you to set boundaries, explain why boundaries are important to your mental well-being, and lastly, most importantly, how to even set a boundary, even if it's uncomfortable. My hope for today for people listening and watching this episode about the importance of boundaries is for those adults carrying around that broken burden and shame from childhood. Those adults who believe they are obligated to their parents, obligated to not acknowledge the truth of your childhood. My hope is for people to finally stand up for that little girl or little boy, the one inside himself, the one that never had a world of safety, the one who didn't deserve to live in an unsafe world of hurt, a world filled with constant pain given to them by their broken parents who should have shown you unconditional love. My hope today is for people to find their power in setting boundaries with others. Okay, so what even is a boundary? A boundary is direct communication about what you need, what your limits are, what you're willing to do or not do. It tells the other what you're thinking and feeling. It provides space between yourself and the other and gives clear expectations. We think people can read our minds. We think people should know how we are feeling or what we are thinking. We think people should know when we need help. We think people should know the thing that they did was wrong. We think people should know when they hurt our feelings. They don't. Most of the time they are unaware or they feel so guilty. They don't even want to face it. 
Boundaries create safety for everyone involved. Boundaries are love for yourself and boundaries are love for another. Boundaries tell your brain you are safe. Boundaries are trust. So there are four types of boundaries. There's emotional boundaries, physical boundaries, financial boundaries, and sexual boundaries. So emotional boundaries is you telling someone like they can't talk to you like that. They cannot raise their voice to you. Another example of an emotional boundary is, is like an, a topic that's inappropriate that you don't want to hear. Another example of emotional boundaries is you've had a long day and someone wants to tell you all of their problems and you're tired. You don't want to hear it. Um, that includes family members and your parents. So that is an example of emotional boundary. Maybe someone is being dismissive of your emotions. That's an emotional boundary. So then you have physical boundaries, which maybe should be self-explanatory, but people who are raised in a toxic environment as adults, they feel obligated to their parents. So the parent might just come by whenever they want. And the adult thinks that they're obligated to just let their parents just come by, even though they know that that's not what they want, but they think, oh, they're my parents. They have to, they don't. No one has to do anything. You do not have to allow your parents just because their parents come over and invade your boundaries, invade your space, invade your peace. You are not obligated to have your parents have a key to your house and just do whatever they want. That's not okay. Another example of physical boundary is maybe someone's making a comment about your body. I was in a conversation with someone about this a few weeks ago about when we were teenagers, how we would have like a random family member, aunt or somebody would come and make a comment about our body. We were teenagers. Um, for me, my grandmother, when I was 16, told me you're gaining weight and you have a camel toe. Um, that's what she told me at 16. And then it was interesting because five minutes later, there was a picture taken of myself and my father and the dog. And I remember Every time I look at that picture, I think, oh my God, my grandmother told me I had a camel toe five minutes before that was taken, but it is not okay for family members to make comments about your body when you're a child, a teenager, or an adult. It is not okay. That's not appropriate. That is like trying to insert control and power and shaming, right? And my friend was telling me what his aunt did when he was 16 um, he had really bushy eyebrows and he had gotten them waxed and she was making comments about how dumb those eyebrows looked and people were going to think he was gay and all this stuff. And that's not okay. You know, it's not okay to make comments about children's bodies. Um, maybe you're a daughter and an adult daughter, teen daughter, whatever. And your father makes a comment about your body. My father told me when I was like 22 that I should pose for Playboy. That is not okay. That is inappropriate. I also remember like wearing a bikini once around him and he was like, oh my God, why are you wearing that around me? So, okay. You know, that's a physical boundary. Um, wanting alone time, physical boundary. It is not your job to have to explain why you need alone time. 
You don't have to explain anything to anyone. You don't owe anybody anything. They're going to think what they want, no matter how much explaining you do. Okay. Another boundary is financial boundaries. This was definitely um, something that I would self-betrayal all the time with financial boundaries. You know, giving people money, you know, say they'd pay me back, have not heard from them since. I would allow people to live with me. I had a friend of mine who, from high school, who um, I moved her multiple times, had her live with me multiple times, saving and rescuing her when she was never saving and rescuing herself. I was, that was very codependent of me because it was uncomfortable for me to watch her struggle. And I felt obligated to her because when we were teenagers, we had taken some LSD and I had a really bad acid trip and she helped calm me down. She was like the calming voice. And I carried that with me through our whole friendship thinking I owed her something because she did that one time was really there for me. I mean, she was there for me other times too, but that was just something that I really felt like, you know, um, I owed her because no one in my entire life, except for my aunts, my parents never were there for me. They would never, if I were to call them back when I was a teenager and tell them, you know, I'm having a bad acid trip, they would scream at me. My dad would just, I don't know, would be unavailable. And then my mom would just scream at me, you know? So to have a friend in high school, you know, for the first time, like be supportive and calm me down. I could see where that would just ignite this codependency in me. Makes sense. Right. But you don't have to save and rescue anybody. And what you're doing though, too, is when you are safe and rescuing people, you're actually stunting their growth. You're stunting their growth. I was stunting her growth by just letting her know that she can live with me at any time. I was stunting her growth by not allowing her to feel the consequences of not preparing and all these things in her life. You know, I to come rescue and save and move all our stuff out. So, you know, you don't have to give anybody any money like that. You don't owe people anything. They can figure it out. And I guarantee you people who are trying to borrow money from you have other resources. You are not the only resource. So let them find their other resources. And then another boundary, a type of boundary is sexual boundaries. So this could be like, you know, maybe your husband is watching porn all the time. You know, you're allowed to say, you're not, you can't watch that. You know, um, maybe, you know, set the boundary and say, you're not allowed to watch that. What's the consequence, you know? So also could be, um, you know, someone touching you, slapping your ass, you know, uh, that's like a friend or a family member, whatever, that's not okay. That's invading your, your sexual boundaries. Um, when you're intimate with somebody, you know, what you're willing to do and not do, it's okay to say no to certain things, you know? Um, so you, you're totally have the right to do what you want. You're not obligated to do whatever, whatever the other person wants to do to make them happy. You know, what feels good to you. Okay. And I was wanting to say one thing about the boundaries, the four types on the emotional type. Another example would be on that is my husband would be playing video games while the light bulbs in the house needed changing, the kitchen needed to be clean, my car needed gas, you know, there was lots of things to do around the house, but I would be like, 
you know, I'll let him do the thing. He need he needs alone time and he needs whatever. Meanwhile, I'm struggling, you know, out here in the house, um, trying to get stuff done, you know, it's not okay. So those are the four types of boundaries I'm speaking of today. There are many reasons why it's important to set boundaries. Okay. So I'm going to go over six today. The first um, reason is why it's important to set boundaries is it protects your emotional and physical energy. You can't give to others if you haven't given to yourself first. Otherwise, it's called judgment. Boundaries protects your precious emotional and physical energy. You then can help from a place of love when you put yourself first before helping others. Another reason why it's important to set boundaries is it avoids future conflicts and resentment. Being direct with a simple statement about what you need or what your boundary is helps the other person on the receiving ends. It supports healthy communication. Another reason why it's important to set boundaries is it allows you to define your emotional and physical space. This is a big one for me. I need lots of alone time. I need lots of space after working a full day in a mental health setting. I need quiet with little interruption. Everyone deserves peace. Telling others you need alone time is super important to your well-being. Another reason why it's important to set boundaries is it makes your relationships last longer. I remember someone telling me recently, boundaries are attractive AF. They are. Because when you set a boundary with someone you're in a romantic partnership with, it tells them you like them. It tells them that you love yourself. And that is attractive. If you are not setting a boundary and you are feeling frustrated that's in your relationship. They can feel that. They can see that. And they don't know what's going on. They can't read your mind. Setting boundaries is attractive AF. It makes your relationships last longer. Setting boundaries create space for deeper connection. Boundaries tell your partner what you need instead of guessing, having a guessing miscommunication game. Another reason why it's important to set boundaries, it allows you to practice self-respect. Most of us were not taught to set boundaries in childhood. Most of us were not taught it's okay to say no. Most of us were raised by broken or emotionally immature people. people. Boundaries tells our brain we are safe. Our brain needs this. Our brain needs this because it still thinks we need protection from childhood. Your brain doesn't care if you're happy. It, ha it does not care. Your brain is trying to keep you safe. The problem is it doesn't know you're safe because it thinks you're still in childhood because you are. You're not setting boundaries. You're still allowing people to get away with stuff. The difference is you're an adult now and you're allowed to speak up for your needs. And the last reason it's important for you to set boundaries, it enables you to set reasonable consequences for violating your space. You define your own consequence. No one gets a say on the importance of your space. Not your mother, not your father, not your partner, not your child, and certainly not society or your religious upbringing. So how do you even set a boundary? How do you do this? 
This is where people get stuck. They start going over all the consequences that'll happen if they speak up for their needs. They go over all the things that might happen if they speak up for their needs. And if you're not witnessing other family members do this, weren't raised with this, it's extremely uncomfortable. People get uncomfortable with setting boundaries because they're scared they're going to lose the one they love. They're scared that person's going to leave them or they're scared they're going to have a big reaction. I remember reading like over a year ago, those with the loudest reaction when a boundary is set is evidence the boundary was needed in the first place. I'm going to say that again. Those who react the loudest when you set a boundary is evidence the boundary was needed in the first place. I cut all communication with my mother after she violated my boundaries. And my boundaries are very simple. She thought I was obligated to have my daughter, her granddaughter, come stay with her for the weekend. It wasn't a good time. She changed the date multiple times. She's on pain pills. She was falling, always sleeping. Now it's not a good time. That's all I simply said. And she exploded on me and the old me would have felt guilty and probably just would have given in or try to make it better, you know, some sort of codependent reaction. But I remember reading that those who react the loudest when the boundary is set is evidence. The boundary was needed in the first place. And when she started exploding on me, I was so relieved because it was evidence my boundary was needed in the first place. She was texting me things like, well, when then? You know, Christine, ever since your dad died, it's all been about him. She didn't like the fact that I was grieving my dad. And she made an assumption or she created some sort of gaslighting scenario, most likely that one, to create a confusion to me and make me think it's about me. And it wasn't about me. I mean, it was, my boundary was about me. But she didn't like that I was setting a boundary and she was testing it. And I told her, if you continue to talk to me like this, I'm going to delete you and block you. And she started exploding on me again. And then she said, okay, bye for now. Have a good night. And I did block her. But you know, sometimes those one last text messages come through and she had texted uh, and no, I wasn't yelling at you because she was yelling at me in all caps in the text. And she was like, and don't you be talking to your brother and your sister-in-law about me. It's not a good look. <laughs> Very immature adults. Um, and that was the environment that I was raised in. There were no boundaries. It wasn't okay. There was always a consequence, but this time it didn't matter. She can do what she wants. She's always going to do what she wants. Just like everybody else, just like other parents, they're going to do what they want. They're going to react how they're going to react. This time though, you have power, you have your power. So how do you set a boundary? You do it very simply. So when we grow up in trauma and chaos, we do this thing called over explaining. We do this thing where we want to fluff the whole thing of setting a boundary where the boundary is going to get lost. So it could be something like, uh, maybe you're telling your, your parent, you know, that they're not allowed to come over whenever they need to call you before they come over. Let's just give that example. 
I love you. Instead of like just saying that simply, they need that. That's your boundary. We grew up in trauma. We do this thing called over explaining. And you might say something like, I love you. You know, I love you. And I, you know, you can come over and I love having you at the house, you know, but you know, I need you to start calling before you come, you know, and it's this whole thing. It's going to get lost. They're not even going to see it. And so then you're going to feel frustrated and you're going to feel this like self-betrayal frustration is a sign you have betrayed yourself, that you have not a set a boundary. So use frustration as your superpower to let yourself know you need to set a boundary. So you said it very simply, I need X, Y, and Z. Okay. And I remember like my ex-husband, he had did something. I don't remember what it was, but I was just pissed off all weekend. And then I ended up sending him an email setting my boundary very clearly. And he was like, I love emails like this, you know? And so it was confirmation for me that I did a great job, that this boundary is good and he is good. And we had direct, clear communication from then forward. Set it very simply. I need X, Y, and Z. Now, sometimes you might want to put the consequence of them not respecting your boundary, right? So what's going to be the consequence? Ooh, we're scared now. We're going to have a consequence to our parent who's coming over when we don't need them to come over or they're not calling before they come over. What's going to be the consequence? Another way you can set a boundary is maybe you're invited somewhere and you don't want to go. I've had so many friends like tell me, I don't want to go to this party. And they either go, even though they don't want to, or they make up a lie. That is very common (laughs) Um, in people I know. You can say no. You can say it in a polite way. You can say it however you want to say it. You can say thank you for the invite, but now's not a good time or won't be able to make it. I have a friend of mine who is doing that now. She's an old person who would not, you know, in her previous self, she would, you know, just feel so guilty for not going to a party and thinking that next year they're going to remember that she didn't go, you know, but she's awesome because I had a July 4th party and she politely declined. Like, I was so proud of her for doing that. I just, I'm just so proud of when people set boundaries with me. It just, it makes me so proud and it teaches me how to set boundaries. So you said them very simply. You can also say, say things like maybe it's a topic you don't want to discuss or it's uncomfortable for you or something sexually that's going on. You can say, I don't feel comfortable for the, with this. I don't feel comfortable. That's all you have to say is I don't feel comfortable talking about this. Maybe we could revisit later. I don't feel comfortable. If you don't feel comfortable, you don't feel comfortable. That's totally okay. Another thing you can do setting a boundary, maybe somebody is yelling at you. Maybe someone's emotionally abusing you. Yelling is a form of emotional abuse, okay? Yelling is a form of emotional abuse. Constant criticism, emotionally abuse, constant interruption. It is okay for you to say, you are not allowed to talk to me that way. You are not allowed to yell at me. That is not okay. If you keep yelling at me, we're going to end this conversation. Those people that are yelling at you, most likely will try to, we'll probably keep yelling and try to like, see if you're really going to get, you know, hold to your boundary, the consequence of it, stick to your boundary, be consistent and expect the people you're scared who are going to react like your parents, expect them to react. 
have a plan B. What are you going to do? What are you going to say? They might react and you might be surprised. You might be completely surprised in how they react, but expect for them to react loud or dramatically or shut down. That is confirmation. Your boundary is needed. Okay. It is not your job to make people happy. It is not your job to keep the peace by not saying what you need, how you feel. You're not obligated. Think of it this way. Would you allow a stranger on the street to treat you this way? Would you allow a stranger just to come by your house unannounced? Think of them, whoever the person is. Would I allow a stranger on the street to treat me this way? I remember a therapist told me that once in counseling. Would you allow your a stranger on the street to treat you the way your mother treats you? The answer is no. Because they're your parents? Big deal. Who cares? And you're their daughter. And you're their son. I remember telling people when I was getting ready to stop all contact with my mother. I was starting to like develop that in my mind. And I remember saying, I remember telling a friend of mine, you know, I'm probably not going to talk to her anymore. And her response was, but that's your mother. And my response is, and I'm her daughter. I am not obligated to my mother, was not obligated to my father. My needs are important. My needs are the priority. Your needs are the priority. You owe nobody anything. You do not have to let people walk all over you. You are an adult now. And that child inside of you needs to feel safe. That child inside of you who was hurt and raised by broken people needs to know they can trust. And you do that by setting your boundary. Thank you to all the listeners of How Coronavirus Saved My Life podcast. If you want to know more about me and hear crazy family stories, hop on over to the podcast I make with my sister. It's called The Family Burrito. My sister, Jessie, and I made the podcast after our dad died in March of 2021. We did it as a way to heal our childhood wounds. Now we are healing and now we're having a good time. So if you want to hear more stories, crazy sense of humor, and get to know my personality a little bit better, hop on over to The Family Burrito anywhere you get your podcast streaming.